this is Anna Marie Boyd, and you are listening to Moved by Grace Counseling Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Anna Marie Boyd, and I am a licensed professional counselor, a registered drama therapist, a registered yoga teacher, and a PhD candidate in mind-body medicine with a specialization in integrative mental health. My podcast supplies nuggets of information regarding innovative and somatic approaches to mental health treatment. In roughly 10 minutes each episode, we talk about topics such as creative therapies, neuroscience and play, the mind-body connection, and alternative approaches to psychotherapy. Now this season, we are redefining our focus and looking at nervous system regulation. So as we stated in the previous episode, I'm sure you're all familiar with terms such as trauma response, fight or flight, anxiety, stress management, coping skills. So my mission for this season is to break down some of these hot topics and supply you with psychoeducation and tools to help you navigate these areas for yourself personally. My podcast certainly does not take the place of psychiatric treatment or psychotherapy, but I think of this podcast as a complimentary tool to help you learn and apply to your own journey. Today, we're going to be taking a dive into biofeedback. We're going to define what it is, what interventions and training look like, and practical ways you might apply biofeedback inspiration into your own day-to-day life. Let's jump right in. we are going to take a dive into biofeedback. First, we're going to define what it is, what interventions and training look like, and practical ways that you might integrate biofeedback inspiration into your own day-to-day life. So biofeedback is a form of therapy that I like to think about it like gymnastics for your nervous system. So it helps to recondition involuntary body systems to help you better cope with stress and regulate your nervous system. It utilizes several tools to provide you with personal data regarding how your body functions or is functioning, as well as ways to train your response to stress and or threat. So it's considered a relatively safe approach to treatment. And to be completely candid, I believe psychotherapy is more of a risk due to the insurmountable variables regarding patient-client dynamics and lack of general structure. You know, there are so many incredible interventions in psychotherapy, whether it comes from a background of CBT or DBT or um, compassion-based therapy. There are so many different approaches, but with psychotherapy, it is a delicate match um, as far as what the client is looking for and what the clinician has to offer, as well as all the interpersonal dynamics that go on. Um, So I'm not sitting here saying therapy is risky, (laughs) but when it comes to trauma, that's something that's really tricky in traditional psychotherapy. Whereas biofeedback, it is 
it's certainly not a black and white, this is how it works. It's highly individualized, but it is um, more of a training for your body systems versus processing past trauma. And so biofeedback is most commonly used to treat stress and anxiety, but it's also shown to help with depression, post-traumatic stress, uh, the treatment of eating disorders, and neurological conditions such as ADHD. It's also been used to treat conditions like chronic pain, IBS, high blood pressure, and many other biological challenges. So I'm just gonna loosely break down the professional biofeedback equipment for all you nerds out there. <laughs> and if you are not into the equipment, I would jump down to the practical section of this podcast, probably the last three to four minutes. Um, so the major biofeedback modalities include, and I am just gonna butcher these terms, so I'll do my best, but the electromyograph or the SEMG, uh, skin temperature, electrodermograph, electro, okay, this is the one that I knew was gonna, throw me for a loop. The electroencephalograph. <laughs> okay, maybe that wasn't too bad. Feel free to correct me. <laughs> Respiration and heart rate and heart rate variability. And um, they're um, less costly modalities such as like uh, stress thermometer, skin conductance test, which is essentially the sweat glands on your hands. Um, so uh, you know, a blood pressure cuff. That's one that I use. Um, there's so many different modalities and this just is going to, uh, be on the surface of this dive into biofeedback. So we're going to start with the SEMG or the surface electromyograph. Um, this utilizes surface electrodes to detect muscle action potentials from underlying skeletal muscles. Um, so if you are unfamiliar with biofeedback, this equipment is using your uh, biological functions to collect data. So if you go in for a biofeedback intake, it is possible that you'll be hooked up to all these wires and weird things. Um, so it's going to feel uh, probably kind of clinical. Um, so we want to take that into account when conducting the assessment, but that's what it is. We're collecting data. So skin conductance, skin temperature recorded, or I apologize, skin temperature. This is going to be used through a thermometer. Um, usually use medical tape to attach the thermometer to your middle finger and your ring finger. And so it's going to be recorded from the fingers or toes and is mainly determined by blood flow through the small uh, arteries of the skin. This is professionally recorded using a stress thermometer and um, electromyograph. We're going to move on. So electrodermal activity is measured using three me methods, conductance, resistance, and potential. So both conductance and resistance are measured exosomatically from outside of the body. So conductance, right, the sweat, you're going to be uh, attached to these electrodes. Um, and resistance by, uh, so from outside of the body, it passes an electric current through your skin. So I apologize y'all. <laughs> Electromyography biofeedback are also called muscle contraction feedback. It uses electrodes, electrical conductors to measure muscle activation. 
the electrodes are connected to a machine that gives feedback to the user via a visual or auditory signal, allowing the user to attempt to decrease or increase muscle activity. So this is interesting because this one's used to uh, work with muscle spasms, um, neck pain, things like that. So then we have the electroencephalograph, or let's just call it the EEG, a recording of both excitatory postsynaptic potentials and inhibitory postsynaptic potentials. It is possible that some of you have had an EEG in like a um, just your annual physical, um, so you might be familiar with this already. So that's kind of an overview of a lot of the equipment used. Um, we have all this fancy equipment, and what do we do with this? And what does a typical session look like? So one reason I'm really interested in biofeedback is the numerical data that we receive about how our body's functioning. So a common biofeedback intake may look like you being hooked up to numerous modalities and put through a series of stress tests. So common tests that are used are things like math problems. For example, you'll be hooked up to all of this and the practitioner will say start at 300 and count backwards by 13 for the next two minutes. I don't know about y'all, I was terrible in math growing up, still am. Um, it's probably being down on myself, but I also really just don't like math. So <laughs> when I went through my intake, that was a really stressful one for me. Um, another one is the Stroop test. You can actually find this on YouTube, S-T-R-O-O-P. So the test lists names of colors, yet the font is pictured in a different color and you have to speak or articulate the color of the font, not the word presented. Um, so other tests are more creative in nature. Um, there's a lot of games on the computer. Um, so the practitioner would take baseline levels when you first come in, levels immediately following the stress test, and then wait two to five minutes and take recovery levels. So of course we're gonna be stressed following the stress test, but the practitioner is interested in how long your elevated stress continues. And one goal of biofeedback is to improve your ability to recover after a life stressor. So from there, your practitioner will interpret your results as well as give you a thorough review of your data and collaboratively develop a treatment plan. So biofeedback sessions use science and data to show you, again, how your body is functioning and operating, as well as integrating interventions to help you recondition your nervous system. So biofeedback interventions integrate things like mindfulness, breathing skills, progressive muscle relaxation, guided imagery, art, all of that good stuff. A lot of mind-body medicine approaches here. So how can you apply biofeedback inspiration to your own life? I mean, I feel like I articulate this all the time, but pay attention to your body, pay attention to your breath, pay attention to your sweat, pay attention to uh, your... Um, your temperature for some of you, you maybe you get really hot when you're stressed or maybe you freeze up so these are things that we can be thinking about as we go throughout our day as we're sitting in traffic right and we're feeling our emotions rise what's going on in your body once we can identify that we can utilize the same interventions on a daily basis to start to integrate more of the stress reduction into your day-to-day -day life 
Is this going to be the same as actual biofeedback? Absolutely not. Um, but I would imagine that you could benefit from, I mean, a similar formula. If we pay attention, if we meditate on how our bodies are feeling and responding, then we already have increased awareness and insight of what we can uh, concentrate on and also what distress tolerance skills might help you the most. For instance, y'all, I sweat a lot when I'm very nervous. <laughs> I remember back when I had like theater auditions or even today, I'm, you know, I'm in the heat of the moment with a client and there's all that, um, tension building up in my body about, gosh, like, Lord, help me to say the right thing. Help me to guide this session because this is really difficult and I get really sweaty. Now, I don't share that with my clients, but that's something that I'm aware of. So one thing that helps me personally to really calm down or regulate my emotions is holding ice or ice water. I know that that's something that kind of shocks me and brings me back to baseline. Um, so that's just one example. It's going to be unique for everyone and there are a lot of things that we can pull from other individuals and what works for them. It's very collaborative. Um, but I hope this kind of gave you a general overview. I hope I didn't butcher the equipment too much. Um, I am excited to share more with you. Um, and neurofeedback I know is something that we have discussed in the past. There's actually in my second season an interview with a neurofeedback pr practitioner. Um, and that's a whole nother realm of biofeedback um, that I am not as well versed in, but I have kind of a general understanding of it. Um, so let me know, what do you want to hear about? How have these episodes been for you? I know they've been super spread out. Um, I apologize for that. We're working on consistency, but you know, I just got a lot of Honestly, just got a lot of projects in my stew pot right now, but I am here to provide you with information that I learned through school and through my training, and I want to hear from you. Um, I appreciate you being a listener, and I look forward to meeting with you next week.